welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Today we're talking about check, please. And open your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew. And we're going to go to chapter 24. Jesus talking about the last days. And um, I've been looking at this chapter, obviously, the last little while and, and looking at it and studying it and thinking it over. And something in it grabbed my attention today that I feel like the Lord wants to talk to us about. So we're going to dive into this and, and I'm going to read the first 12, 13, 14 verses and then we're going to jump into the point of the message today. So in Matthew chapter 24, starting in verse 1, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, as Jesus was leaving the temple grounds, his disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings. But he responded, do you see all these buildings? I tell you the truth, they will be completely demolished, and not one stone will be left on top of another. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, and his disciples came to him privately and said, tell us when all this will happen. What sign will signal your return at the end of the world? Jesus said, don't let anybody mislead you. For many will come in my name, claiming I'm the Messiah, and they will deceive many. And you'll hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Verse 7 says, Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Sounds super exciting, doesn't it? Then, in verse 9, you will be, it gets more exciting, you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You'll be hated all over the world because you are my followers, and many will turn away from me and betray me and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Verse 12 says, sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it. And then the end will come. So go back to verse 12, and this is what caught my attention. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. I want to read that to you in the Passion Translation, and it says it this way. There will be such an increase of the sin of lawlessness that those whose hearts once burned with passion for God and others will grow cold. Let's read that again, just so you can let it slip down into your heart. There will be such an increase of the sin of lawlessness that those whose hearts once burned with passion for God and others will grow cold. Today we're talking about our hearts. And when I said check, please, I wasn't talking about a restaurant check. Like, I don't even know why we call our bills checks at restaurants anymore. But I'm talking about a heart check. We're talking about our hearts. And so here, Jesus is talking about what life is going to look like in the last days, in the end times. And he says, sin is going to be everywhere. The sin of lawlessness is going to be everywhere. And people are going to be doing what they want, living how they want, acting how they want, thinking how they want, believing how they want. Sin is going to be everywhere. And because of that, the love of many will grow cold. So I want to talk about how do we not let our love grow cold? 
How do we not let our love grow cold? Well, you see a progression here that is tied to sin. As the sin increases, the hearts and the love and the passion, like it says in the Passion Translation, the passion that once burned for God and for others, grows cold. How do you stop your heart from growing cold? Well, that's a great question. I'm so glad you asked it. I know you didn't ask it. I just asked it for you. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 4, and we're going to look at this. And we're going to look at this for just a few minutes. I know we've already been here for a while, but we're going we're gonna to talk and look at the Word of God because the Word of God brings healing. The Word of God brings wholeness. The Word of God brings life. And so we're going to look at the Bible together, and we're going we're gonna to break this down because... I want to say this to you. Looking in Matthew chapter 24 there, I want to tell you that a a heart that is left unguarded and unprotected and alone will grow cold. A heart that is left unguarded and unprotected, where it's left stuck over there all by itself and nobody's paying no mind to it and nobody's paying attention to it and it's just by itself over there It will grow cold. And in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, have you found it yet? Because I haven't. You're ahead of me. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says this. It says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life there's a few things in this passage that are really interesting to me first of all for those of you who don't know um, in in the greek when we looked at matthew chapter 24 and it talks about the love of many will grow cold and we're going to look in a few minutes in luke chapter 6 but in the greek when it uses the word heart it's cardia it's the Greek word cardia. And in the Hebrew here, it's the, the Hebrew word leb, L-E-B. And when it's talking about your heart, it is not talking about the physical heart, obviously, that's beating in your chest. It is talking about when the Hebrew writers wrote these things, when King Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs, to these people, heart was the center of who you were. It is who you are. And in fact, the heart didn't just encompass a piece of you. It was your mind. It was your will. It was your emotions and feelings. It was the center. It was your heart was who you are. So when he says, above everything else, guard your heart, he's saying guard the essence of who you are because it determines the course of your life. So you need to know, when they're talking about heart, they're not just talking about guard your physical heart. He's not just saying, hey, you know, you need to eat less cholesterol. You need to eat egg whites only. He's not talking about your physical heart. He's talking about your heart. He's talking about guard you. Because maybe you're not aware of this, but you are made up of different parts. This part that you see is my body. And one day I will be dead and gone and in heaven with Jesus. And it's not this. It's not the Gru-like version of me that you see that will be in heaven with Jesus. It took a while for most of you to get that. Light bulb. The part of me that will be in heaven with Jesus is my spirit. So I am a spirit. I'm an eternal being that lives inside of my body. 
this earth suit that gets me around from point A to point B to point C to point D, doing all the things that I need to do. And then inside, I also have the part of me that is my mind and my will and my emotions, which the Bible often calls your flesh. And these two, your spirit and your flesh, are always fighting against each other. And so when the Hebrew writers were talking about your heart, they're talking about that part of you that determines who you are, your mind and your will and your emotions, the essence of who you are. And so he says, above all else, guard that because it determines the course of your life. Now, let me read this to you in the Passion. The Passion is just so good in some of these verses. And it says, above all, guard the affections of your heart for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Okay? Now, when he's talking about guarding your heart, the the real good definition here that they are trying to convey is guard your heart like a prison guard guards a prisoner. You guys know how prison guards guard prisoners? The bishops know how that works because Wayne works in a prison. It's the idea that you are always paying attention, that you're always aware, that you're always thinking about it, that you don't let your mind wander off. When he says, guard your heart, he's saying, always be keenly aware of this thing called your heart. Guard it like you would guard a prisoner in jail, like you're always paying attention, like you don't just let it go off by itself and do whatever it wants to do. You're always thinking about it. He says, above everything else, guard your heart because it determines the course of your life. We're talking about this because in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus said in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. Well, how does your love grow cold? It goes cold because you've allowed your heart to become unguarded. You've allowed your heart just to exist over here by itself, unchecked, unguarded, unprotected, allowing whatever it wants to come inside of it and make a home. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a Christian who has a passionless love for Jesus or others. Jesus who came and laid his life down for us and paid a price that we could never pay so that we don't have to live a life of destruction and death and dismay so that we can walk around victorious so that when things are happening in our life, we have a person that we can go to that intercedes on our behalf for us, that is making intercession, a person that has washed us and made us clean in his father's eyes. I don't want to take that lightly. Mm, I feel like I'm alone. He says, guard your heart. Above all else, for it determines the course of your life. When you say, that's great. That's great. So the next question is this. How do, how do I know what's in my heart? You're talking about guarding your heart. How do I know what's inside of my heart? 
How do I know what's living in there? How do I know what I'm storing in my heart? How do I know what has found its way deep down inside of me? What's well, a great question? And Jesus gives us the answer to that in Luke chapter 6. So go in your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 6, and let's look at this verse together. Luke chapter 6. Starting in verse 43, and I listen, I know, I know these scriptures are basic. I know that you could be sitting here saying, I have been a believer for this many years, and uh, I don't know why you're telling me this. Here's why I'm telling you this. A lot of times, we skip over the basic truths of the word of God, and we allow things inside that should not be there because we're focusing on other things it's important every once in a while and in fact i would tell you this i wrestled with the lord about talking about this today because i just talked about hearts i went back and looked on september 27th and the lord said and in fact i went back and listened to that message and at the beginning of that message i told a story about how the lord wanted me to talk about hearts and i said to him then i can't talk about hearts we just talked about hearts and he said quit asking me what to talk about basically if you're not going to talk about what i tell you to talk about i said fair enough i mean that's a solid point So in September, we talked about hearts, and I didn't want to talk about it then because we had just talked about it. And here we are, October, November, December, January, six months later, and the Lord says, I want you to talk about hearts again and guarding our hearts and protecting our hearts. And I said, Lord, I don't want to talk about hearts because we just talked about hearts, and there's other things to talk about. But here's the thing. You've got to be careful as a follower of Jesus to not overlook these basic things that are so core to who you are. No. Jen just said there's nothing basic about it, and there's not. You've got to guard this. You've got to be paying attention to this, and sometimes we focus on other things and leave this alone. And when we leave this alone, who's played Capture the Flag? Oh, Capture the Flag is just a fantastic... This is very interesting. Almost this whole half of the room put up their hand, and nobody on this half... Today, we're separated into capture the flag and non-capture the flag people. Okay. Capture the flag, there's like one, one thing you don't do. You don't leave your flag unguarded, right? Like you, there is somebody who's always guarding the flag because once the flag has been lost, the game is over. And I want to tell you today, once your heart has been lost, it's a lot of work to get that thing back into right shape. There's a lot of repentance that has to take place. There's a lot of work that has to take place. A lot of soul searching. A lot of going to the feet of Jesus and saying, reveal my heart. Show me what's inside of my heart. And let's get this stuff out and get back to where I'm supposed to be. In the last days, the love of many will grow cold because their hearts have been unguarded, unprotected, and unwatched. So today, let's do a heart check and see what's in our hearts. See what we've allowed inside. You're probably all wondering why this trash can is here. We're going to talk about it in a second. Luke chapter 6, verse 43 says this. A tree, a good tree can't produce bad fruit. And a bad tree can't produce good fruit. 
A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. That's good wisdom Jesus is dropping right there. Then he says, a good person, say a good person, produces good things, say good things, from the treasury, say treasury, of a good heart, say good heart. There's a lot of good there, isn't it? Good person produces good things from the treasury, a storeroom of a good heart. Then he says this, uh, and an evil person, say an evil person, produces evil things from the treasury of a evil heart. Then he says, what you say flows from what is in your heart. And I, I would even say this, in context of what Jesus is saying here, not just what you say flows from your heart, but what you do flows from your heart. What's inside of you works its way out, whether through your words or your actions. And so he says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I love the picture that Jesus uses here as your heart having a treasury room inside of it. Isn't that a great picture? So inside Connor is his heart. And inside Connor's heart is a room where he stores things where things get inside of him, where they make room, and they find little shelves, and they end up on these shelves, and those things make up who Connor is. And so we're talking about, how do I know what's in my heart? Well, a trash can is a great picture of how we know what's in our heart. Can you at the back see this trash can? Okay, great. So let's say that this trash can is our heart. Now, I can hear, I mean, this, this, this preacher is using a trash can to show my heart. And so it's okay. It's okay. Let's not be so religious right now. It's the best example we have in the room. We're just going to use a trash can. I'm not saying your heart is trash. Don't go home and be like the pastor said, my heart is trash. We're just using it as an example because it shows things well, okay? Is everybody okay with that? We're going to be okay. Nobody's going to go home offended. Okay, great. And I even love that this trash can has a little trap door on it. It's very, very perfect. Because your heart is like this. And so our heart has treasury rooms inside of it. And you say, how do I know what's inside of my heart? By, by doing things like this. Opening it up and seeing what comes out. Darlene's chocolate milk. <laughs> that expires soon, so it's a good thing you drank it today. Somebody's Tim Horton cup who did not roll up the, whim, the rim. They're not winning anything. These are things that are coming out of our heart. What else is in here? Guys, it's just trash. It's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to make you touch this trash. I, look at I'm holding it like this. It's all right. This is somebody's coffee napkin that spilled coffee and they wiped it up and here it is so how do you know what's in your heart by examining what's coming out of it so you take stock of your conversations you take stock of the words that are coming out of your mouth you take stock of what you're thinking about 
You take stock of the relationships in your life, which relationships you prefer, which ones you don't prefer. You begin to examine the contents of your heart. Jesus said, out of, the, out of a good person produces good fruit from the treasury of a good heart, and a bad person produces bad fruit from the treasury of a bad heart. You open it up and you take a look and say, what's coming out of me? What's inside of me that is working its way out? Because here's the thing. We had a school teacher way back in the day, and he would say, garbage in. It's not rocket science. It's not physical rocket science, and it's not spiritual rocket science. What you put inside of you is what is going to come out of you because you've got this home in your heart where you store things up, and as you put them inside there, no matter how, listen, a lot of us put junk inside of us, and we try to hide it, don't we? But when the pressure's on, and when things are hard, and you can't hide it anymore, what comes out? When you're working on a flat tire and the tire falls on your foot and the crowbar hits your toe, what comes out? Whatever's in your heart is what comes out. It could be praise Jesus or it could be something else, which will leave to your imaginations. But out of the storeroom of your heart is what works its way out. You can't hide what's in there. You know, you, you can... You can go to the gym all you want, but whatever you put inside your body to fuel it will show up. You could, you could work out of the gym four hours a day, seven, eight days a week. Yeah. I don't know how that works, but I just made it up. But let me tell you this. If all you eat is donuts, it's going to show up. It's going to show up on your body, and it's going to show up when you have no energy to push those weights around. You can't hide for very long what goes inside of you. So Jesus says, how do you know what's in your heart? By examining what's coming out of you. Take stock of your heart. Take stock of your words. Take stock of what you're watching, what you choose to watch, what your diet desires. Look at those things because they will show you what is in your heart. Now go back with me and let me give you a few practical steps. Go back to um, Proverbs chapter 4. And we're going to finish up here in just a minute. Proverbs chapter 4 again. So we started in Matthew chapter 24, where Jesus is talking about the end days. And he says, the love of many is growing cold, will grow cold. And so the question was, how do we keep our love from growing cold? How do we keep our love alive? How do we keep our love burning? And the answer is, is to guard your heart. And so then we talked about, how do I know what's in my heart? And we just looked at that in Luke chapter 6 by examining the fruit, by examining what comes out of your heart is how you know what's in there. And then the next question would be, how do I guard my heart? 
What practical steps can I take to guard my heart? You're talking about guarding your heart. You're up here preaching saying guard your heart. But what steps can I take to guard my heart? Well, thankfully, Solomon in Proverbs chapter 4 wrote down some clues for us. And the Bible also tells us that Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived. So let's take a look and see what Solomon had to say here. Proverbs chapter 4, in verse 24, he says this. He had just said, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Then he says this in verse 24, avoid all perverse talk and stay away from corrupt speech. I'm going to read that not once, but two more times because I feel like a few of you need to hear it. Not once, but two more times. He says, avoid all perverse talk and stay away from corrupt speech. He says, avoid all perverse talk and stay away from corrupt speech. How do you guard your heart? Number one is by guarding the words and the voices that you both allow into your life and out of your life. I'll say it again. How do you guard your heart? By guarding the words that you allow into your heart and out of your heart. Watch your words. Proverbs also tell us that life and death is in the power of the tongue. So watch what you listen to. Watch the music you listen to. Because let me tell you, what you listen to gets inside of you. It makes a home inside of you. It goes into the storeroom of your heart. And then, guess what? Garbage in, garbage out. What goes in, comes out. So watch the words that you listen to. Watch the things that you put inside of you. Watch the voices that you digest, that you eat, that you feast upon. Take stock of those things. Then he says this in the following verse. He says in verse 25, Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. The second thing to guarding your heart is you need to watch what you watch. You need to watch what you look at. Can I, just, can I say this to you? Well, I don't care if you want me to say it or not. I'm going to say it anyways. You shouldn't be able or feel like you can watch everything that's out there. As a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to tell you that you should have some morals and standards about the things that you put before your eyes. You shouldn't feel like you can go watch every movie, every TV show, every YouTube video, whatever it is. You shouldn't feel like you have the right to watching those things because you need to pay attention to what you put before your eyes because what you watch gets inside of you. And like we just read two verses earlier, guard your heart above all else because it determines the course of your life. So let me say this because I just heard the Spirit of God say this. Some of you are wondering why your life has turned out the way that it has why things are not going the way that you desire them to go, why you can look at somebody else's life and think they have it all together and your life is a trash fire. It's because you have not guarded your heart and you've allowed things inside of your heart that have determined the course and the road that you are walking on. So if you're concerned about it and you want to see it change, then what you need to do is empty out the trash, fill it up with the Spirit of God, and then guard what's inside of you. 
So guard what you look at. Guard what you listen to. The last thing here is very interesting. He says this in verse 25 and 20, or 26 and 27, I'm sorry. He says, in the New Living, it says, mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked and keep your feet from following evil. And it says this, it says it this way in the Passion Translation. He says, give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. So I was reading this, I was thinking about it, and I thought, how do I keep my foot from evil? And the answer is right here at the beginning of this verse, and it says, give careful thought to your paths. You've got to guard your thoughts. You've got to guard your thoughts. Listen, the enemy comes all day long, bringing temptations, bringing thoughts to you. And I want to tell you this. You don't have to accept those thoughts. You don't have to embrace those thoughts. You don't have to give those thoughts the time of day and say, well, this thought came to me, so I've got to give it due diligence and think about it. No, you don't. You've got to guard your thoughts. There are some thoughts that will come to you that are not from him. And in fact, they're from the enemy. And you have to say, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. I'm not going to accept this thought. I'm not going to embrace this thought. I'm not going to allow this thought to find a home in my heart. And in fact, I'm going to say, away with you. Get behind me, Satan. And I'm going to think on things that are holy and righteous and produce the life of God on the inside of me. Guard your thoughts. Guard what you listen to. Guard the voices you allow in your life and guard the things that you look at. This is the way that you guard your heart. And you need to guard your heart because it directs the course of your life. And like I said at the beginning, a heart left unchecked just begins to accept all kinds of things and eventually will grow cold because nobody's paying attention and nobody's watching over it and nobody's protecting it. Guard your heart. And so you say, well, that's all fine and great. That's all great, great. You've, you've, you've talked about my heart. You've talked about how I can figure out what's in my heart. You've talked about how I need to guard my heart, some practical steps that I can take to guard my heart. But now what? What do I, what do, I do from here? Great question. Go with me to Psalm chapter 51. Psalm chapter 51 is a picture of David. This is a psalm that David wrote after David just made mistake after mistake after mistake. David, David stepped in it big time. And for those of you who are here and maybe don't know the background of this story, let me just real cap, recap it really fast for you. David fell in love with Bathsheba, uh, slept with her, got her pregnant. She was married, ended up having her husband killed, and then once her husband was killed, then he marries her, makes her part of his family. The prophet comes to him and says, God says this to you. You've made a big mistake. And he tells a story about a man that has all kinds of sheep, but goes and takes the, this one man's sheep. This, in Psalm 51, is David's response to the sin 
that he has walked into, the sin that he has committed, the adultery, uh, the murder, the, the conspiracy, and the, all, all the things that he walked in that he shouldn't have, all the things that were in his heart that came out. This is David's response. In Psalm chapter 51, he's praying to the Lord, and he writes this psalm, and in verse 10, it says this. David is talking, and he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a loyal spirit within me. Create inside of me a new heart. God, there's things inside of this heart that should not be there. There's things that I've allowed into the storeroom, into the treasury of my heart that I know that you would not be happy with. If you were going to go shopping, God, I know that you wouldn't want to walk through the treasury, the storeroom of my heart and buy the groceries because there's not good things in there. But God, what I want more than anything is you to come into my heart and clean it up. Remove the things, remove the junk that shouldn't be there and make a new heart inside of me. Listen, I want to tell you, I'll tell you for myself, I have to pray this prayer all the time. No, nobody's perfect. There are things that try and creep into all of our lives, that try and find a way to make a home inside of you. And you've got to live a life in front of the Lord where you're constantly saying, God, ooh, look what I found in my heart. I'm so, I'm so sorry, God. Create a clean heart within me. Renew, renew a loyal, renew a right spirit within me because I don't want to carry on this way. I don't want to allow my love for you to grow cold. I want my love for you. You know, Jesus said that the world will know that we're his disciples by our love. And if our love grows cold, then they won't know that we're his disciples. There won't be anything different about us and them. Guard those voices that you allow into your life. And I want to say this too. You know, sometimes we allow well-meaning voices into our life. Sometimes we allow voices that we think are good and righteous and, and just into our life, and maybe they are. But you need to allow the voice of God to be the highest voice and the loudest voice in your life. That's right. Just because it's good doesn't mean it's God or God to you or what God is trying to say to you. So allow those voices, allow some of those right and, and holy and just voices into your life, but always measure them and weigh them against what the Spirit of God is trying to say to you. Guard your ears, guard your mouth, guard your eyes, and guard your thoughts, because this inside of you determines the course of your life. Stand up with me. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.